Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. It's just Alia today. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts. In case some of you have wondered where Ellie is lately, I just want to say that she's still around, but she's going through it these days. As Ellie has shared before, she's preparing for surgery. Um, That's involved even more hoops to jump through than anticipated. She'll be back. It's going to take a little time, but she'll be back regularly again. So to introduce myself, I'm Saudi American, a lesbian, and I live in D.C. Although as I record this intro, I'm in Florence, Italy on a family trip. And I'm currently sitting in my bed with some dim mood lighting for talking on a microphone by myself. And it's nighttime. Um, It's been a whirlwind trip, and I've been editing this episode bit by bit each day and I have to say it's been nice kind of setting aside that time each late night for myself and getting to bring myself back to a really special event that this episode focuses on. The episode is from an artist's salon that I got to participate in in New York City. It was hosted and curated by Reem Ramadan and Hilal, aka the Lebanese Mafia. The event is called Salan al-Mahjar. It was a space to share our art with one another in a safe and relatively intimate, non-judgmental environment, um, and I absolutely loved it. It was an open mic for immigrant, queer, trans, and allied artists, actors, writers, storytellers, activists, feminists, dancers, singers, musicians, poets, thinkers, teachers, and historians from the West Asian and North African diaspora. This was the sixth salon. It happened on September 29th, and during this hour or so, you'll hear clips of many of the folks who shared their work. I do want to note that Nadia Khairala danced, which of course, um, unfortunately, isn't shareable via podcast, but Other than that, um, most of the artists are on the recording. So Hilal and I agree that just clips rather than the full performance made the most sense for the context of this episode. So you can look forward to hearing some of that. I've been a violinist for most of my life. Violin used to be my life. Going through college during which violin was one of my focuses, I did get burned out. Memorizing concertos or sonatas or you name it, performing them, then repeat. I'll admit there's something magical about getting one so embedded in your muscle memory and mind that you reach the point of performance. Um, I won't deny that. But I also will be honest that there's something sad about this tunnel vision that we have uh, where you dedicate yourself to honoring the work of white European men, some of whom were assholes. I became disconnected. I reached this breaking point when I knew that music felt robotic for me in a way that it shouldn't. And I was overwhelmed with this mentality that you had to learn the staples, whatever those are, and you had to learn them well. You had to learn the prescribed repertoire for violin in order to call yourself a real violinist. And after college, I went, I ended up going four years without playing pretty much at all. I did other things. I worked abroad. I focused on completely different paths in life. And violin just wasn't part of me anymore. At least it wasn't part of my life. Like, I guess it'll always be a part of me. But at that time, it just wasn't something that I put time into or care into. Anyways, 
Eventually, I came back to the U.S. and I joined a small group that was led by a Syrian odist and violinist. And I, I, I explored a different context in which I played violin. I learned makams. I had a great experience. It was, it was such an amazing group. I moved after two years, and then I went another pretty long stretch of time without playing. I don't know why. I think I just didn't find a group for myself. I wasn't playing for myself. Because of all these stretches of times, I slid so far back technically. I am so far behind what I used to be. So lately, I've been making myself practice a little bit each day. It's only been for fun. I'm only playing what I want to, what I feel like, whatever my whim is, I will humor it. I will play whatever I feel like. Things that I think I find beautiful. Anyway, so at this salon, I got to improv with Nadia. Nadia was dancing, I was playing uh, violin. And I got to also last minute join Rim and Jenna while they performed a cover of Mad World. That was a nice bonus. I just thought I would mention all this because I want to say that that was the right space to get back to playing in in semi in public in and I found it to be really welcoming, um, very freeing and really loved it. Thank you all so much for listening and please follow the artists on here. Give them your support. I hope you enjoy. As far as the artists, crediting the artists, I know that's really important, but so is privacy. So I'm only going to use first names for people who didn't respond with permission to use their full names. Um, otherwise, I will use the first and last names. That was Reem Ramadan. You'll hear more from Reem throughout the episode. Um, I absolutely adore her voice. And this is also Reem coming up. This is a song I wrote about four or five years ago. You know how that happens where you just like keep writing things and you just keep going back to the older ones because you think they sound This is Sada, an incredible poet. Here are some clips from her poetry reading. Uh, I'm uh, Sada, I'm from Egypt. Um, I moved here five years ago to do a master's in arts journalism. And then um, I secretly wanted to be a writer, a poet. Um, and then I started taking poetry classes and I started going to the Marion Bazite Salon. Uh, and it was the highlight of my social calendar every month. I went back to Cairo for two years, and uh, now I'm here doing MFA in poetry. This is a fresh one. Is it an imposition if I write poetry about your mother? I decided using your mother's name would count as an imposition. The name tells us why she suffered. So I changed it, gave her my own mother's name. 
but the poem wouldn't have it. The mother touches herself. The mother drinks date wine, drones the purple desert intoxicated, looking for men. The mother drips from lips and thighs. The mother was cut. That's when it was discovered a clitoris could cut back. The mother still has half of it. The mother believes it was some kind of spirit. The mother, early in the morning, finds gold dust on her breath. The mother knows intimately the meat, the bread, the rotting flesh of figs. The mother finds you stuffing toys into your crotch, declares someone should set you on fire. The mother says friendliness is half of faith. The mother says endurance is a brightness. The mother says all men go out early in the morning and sell themselves, thereby setting themselves free or destroying themselves. Before I knock, I stand outside the door, enamored by the sound, audio recorder on. Two. You stare into, into your hands a little later and crouch as if twisted in some kind of prayer. You say, our life is lost. They lost our life. The sons of bitches have lost our life. But then you hold me, and all they can do out there on the neon street is watch. Three, when I wake up, the bed is submerged in dates. I cannot picture them ripening. Four, my ungodly hate for guavas may have something to do with a particular tennis court, square in the heart of the Delta, when I was 13, the clay on my blood, the clay on my knees with blood, trees in the corner, dropping fruit after fruit after fruit, right as I lost, point after point. This is Marwa and Zahra. Just be prepared to be blown away. The Arab Arab collaboration. Um, I'm Marwa from Egypt, and this is Zahra. Zahra Zahra. Hello, everybody. I'm just going to be in the back, supporting Marwa with the deck, giving her a um, I'm going to actually start with Um Kulthum, which is said to be one of the, if not the longest um, Arab song ever recorded. <laughs> I'm not going to sing the whole thing, don't worry. <laughs> Here's Reem and Jenna, and I got to join them. Uh, you'll hear how they met, and then you'll hear a clip of the song. We're practicing a song that we're going to do together, and I was practicing a whole other different thing that she was going to do, and something beautiful happens, and now we're going to do it. 
The song is Mad World. Um, I uh, was an avid SoundCloud user um, like six years ago when I was still living in Michigan. And I came across this version of Mad World. I've never heard the song before. And um, it was the most beautiful song I've ever heard. And I listened to it repeatedly and fell in love with it. And it was by this person named Reem Ramadan. And, um, and I've been listening to it for years. And then one day I was at one of these salons. I think it must have been the first salon here. And I, I and Reem performed and I heard Reem's voice. And I'm like, yo, that's... And then my mind exploded, and then, <laughs> and then I introduced myself. I'm like, did you, did you record Mad World? And then we became friends. And I, it was so cool to get to know Rain through her music before actually getting to know her as a person. Um, and we're going to be doing short songs together throughout the day. We took a break and I got to talk to some people. I met another Alia and I'm very excited. And she's graciously agreed to be on the podcast. So can you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is also Alia. Um, I use she, her pronouns. I live in Seattle and I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, and I was like, hey, I love Seattle. And then what was your response? <laughs> I was immediately like, this is what people who don't live in Seattle love to say about Seattle. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, well, you live in the better Washington than me. And then there was no argument. No, I so, had to agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you talk about what you do with the Swana community in Seattle? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Seattle has a very small Swana community. Um, and we actually, so to give a little bit of like the demographic layout of Seattle, there's like a sizable Muslim community. There's not a very big Swana community, but there's like quite a big um, South Asian community. But we're all living under this like extremely intense white gaze. It's a very, 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 it's called the Deep North for a reason. It's just like a very white city. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the port, the Pacific Northwest is kind of like the deep, deep north. Mostly like outside of Seattle and Portland. All like rural areas are places that people just kind of know not to go to. We realized that like in our organizing work um, and in our even in our just like daily living there was not really a space for for queer and, and trans one of folks to really like find refuge or find a place to just kind of like, take a step back from all from being public facing all the time and just heal and like really look inwards and like find support with one another. We actually took a lot of advice from from some of the co-organizer co-founders of um, Swana LA. I think they organized specifically around Swana identity and we realized that like because so many of us are read as Muslim even if we identify as South Asian or like Southwest Asian and North African that we have a lot of shared experiences so we actually are um, Saswana Seattle um, yeah and what are some of the things that the, the organization does 
So at this point, we're a pretty small group of folks. There's about 11 of us, um, and we're really focusing right now on just like building trust with one another and healing and um, just kind of like sharing space. We meet about like once or twice a month and we will do different like creative projects together and we've talked about in the future wanting to do more public facing organizing work. I think we all want to like get involved in more direct action but at this point we're focusing on building a place for us to just kind of exist and, and support one another. So we'll go to like a lot of events that we wouldn't go to if we were by ourselves. We'll make food together. We might be going to Portland for um, an amazing DJ set, DJ Anjali. Amazing. Uh, I won't. No, I, I won't be DJing at it. I'll just be like. By the way, Ali is a DJ. <laughs> not to shamelessly plug, but uh, DJ Months with Mama on uh, Instagram. <laughs> It's like a South Asian event. Aura the band is coming, or our I think they're called Aura Band, and um, they're they're going to be doing a joint set with DJ Anjali for um, for Halloween. So we're going to be going down there, and also hopefully connecting with other Swana organizers and and creatives in the Portland area. Well, thank you so much for um, being here and for talking on this. Yeah, thank you. It was yeah. so nice to meet the other Alia. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah go meet. <laughs> All right. Hello. You want to move a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, my name is Jaje Cleopatra Daniels. I go by they, them pronouns. I'm a queer Mizrahi artist in New York City. What do you do, like, art-wise? I am a mixed-media artist. I mostly have been doing collage onto sculpture as a form of public installation, but usually my work intersects um, queerness, the public's reaction in American culture. Oh, amazing. Um, so, for example, you know, I would experience something in the news or in my own life and take these images that I find in magazines, one, to talk about poverty and affordability for access to materials, and two, these images that are advertised are often very elitist and are often telling us that we are something less and that something that we need, and these images are very powerful. And then as a queer, low-income, disabled, Mizrahi, like all the intersections, I deconstruct these images and then use it to document my experiences around me. So it really started two years ago with um, Charlottesville when, you know, the alt-right and KKK were um, persecuting and killed some pro, you know, pro-peace uh, protesters. And they made a piece called Self-Love, Self-Hate which had like a lot of swastikas, but a lot of queer themes to talk about how in my life now I could be both internalized and triggered, but I also have enough self-love to withstand the hate and the complexity around that of my identity in America today. That's beautiful. Um, can you talk about why this salon is important to you? What brought you to it? Um, what this space means to you? Sure, so I said I'm a Mizrahi heritage, you know, my family is of Yemenite Jewish heritage and growing up in New York City in a lot of Mizrahi Sephardic spaces, like a lot of traditional Muslim spaces, they're not welcoming to queer people or those with progressive ideas. So this is a way of me connecting with my past and making peace with it and also knowing that I'm uplifted and I could connect in a way that I don't lose by being here. And I know halal through legal work and community organizations. It's really important for artists to also 
be in spaces not only that are safe, but also that pushes you out of your comfort zone and you learn about other cultures. Seeing how more and more you have in common with people across the Middle East who are Muslim or Christian or secular or from Egypt, from Iran, from Yemen, from Palestine, from Israel, wherever it might be, that just with all people seeking to connect with the heritage that has often been complicated for us with our identities and that way we could expand the work that we create. Thank you so much. No problem. You could follow me at mx.enigma, E-N-I-G-M-A, on Instagram, or you could look online, Mix Enigma. Okay, and FYI, we're totally having them on the podcast, like, for a whole episode, so... For sure. Watch Stay out tuned. for it. Bye. Bye. Shukran. Shukran. Here is Mark Balahadia bringing us some music. Wait, is it, like, afternoon or evening? Like, Hala Bilaya? Hala Hala Hi, guys. I'm, um more well-known as a dancer, and uh, I'm famous in various countries in the Middle East. Mostly Iran, for some reason. Well, there is a reason, but that's a long story. You can, you can ask me later or watch on YouTube, because um, that's monetized, so I get that. Thank you. Um, anyway, um, but today I'll be doing something a little different. I'll be playing an instrument, my finger cymbals. But first I want to sing a little bit. A little short thing. It's Mawal uh, by uh, Bekra, Allah Hamha. She uh, was murdered by her husband. <laughs> it's uh, it's Khaliji. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it happens. It's a long story. It's not ideal, but it happens. <laughs> but it happens. It's not the desired outcome. It's not the desired outcome to your life, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so awful. Oh, I'm, so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to do a Moral by Dekra. She uh, is known a lot for her Egyptian songs, but she actually did a lot of Khaliji also. Because, you know, she wants it flute, so it's fine. This is not a comedic act. I'm just like this all the time. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so I'm going to sing. It's gonna be like a minute long, so you know, you won't be too bored by me. But I'm never boring, except when I'm sleeping. Gallo Habibak Misafar Gitlay Wasafalam Khan Yajal. Okay, so I'm gonna need um, I'm gonna need some audience for participation. I need you guys to clap, but not like, but together. So <laughs> I'll give you the beat and try to sing on beat because otherwise you're gonna screw me up. No, it's good. Anyway, um, this is the first time I've actually done this before because I actually do dance with these, but I usually play very simple patterns, but when I'm not 
dancing, I can do a lot of things with these things, so. Actually, it's really selfish. I just want to meet all these artists and hang out with them. So, because um, that's what me and Lenny used to do at Atlanta when they had that their programming. So, um, yeah. So thank you for and also for um, putting it together and also Jenna for helping out. Jenna is our curated salon number four. Um, that was a really special treat. So. And yes, yeah, so thank you all for being here. I know it's been a rough summer, and hopefully we'll be back um, for season two. We'll also talk about that. I think I want some vanity, so you could go ahead and introduce me a little bit. Jage is 100% fabulous. Um, yeah. I met Jay and I saw their work, and they had the privilege of performing at um, my in my art show, Mark for Redaction. You not only had art in the space, but you also did a performance, and you showed a film. So that means you did three different mediums. I think you might have been that the only person. That was personal. Next time. <laughs> that was the only... I think you're the only artist I'm that charge five falafel balls per minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark is the one I would have to make the falafels, the best falafels in New York City. Um, hands down. A little too spicy for my taste, but... That's because you're loving me. <laughs> okay, Jujay. Fabulous. Hello, hello, everyone. Well, this also applies to everyone else, where I said... If anyone didn't go to church, we're all bad Christians. And apparently, you said, this is church, so I'm with it, okay? 
Okay, so um, I'm Shijay Cleopatra Daniels, also known as Mix Enigma. Um, I only have three followers on Instagram, so if we all go together, it might be six. Um, I know you share accounts. Um, so, <laughs> but seriously, we need more bottoms in Instagram. So, um, I wrote a few pieces. Some one piece I think Halal might understand. I'm a mixed media artist again, and I'm just gonna go with it. And that's mx dot e n i g m a. You know, if I don't get followers, I don't get coins. So I have to say it in this day and age. Anyways, apathy. It's just a five-letter word, but a pathway to a larger disease in American society. In this great nation, so much peril demise happens. Homelessness, mass shootings, discrimination, poverty, hunger, hate crimes, police brutality, wrongfully incarcerated people, and the majority of humanity doesn't care. Engages in spiritual bypassing, focuses on their jobs, and continue to criticize and judge the oppressed without much empathy. How did we, as Americans, come to this destitute state? Where do we respond from here to heal a broken society? Now, I know the first piece doesn't apply to most of you, because most people here don't identify as Americans, but you see, you know, a good person with privilege, you know, shame them with this poem. <laughs> so, khalas. Um, I was in a writing workshop, you know, as part of therapy, and we were just writing short pieces. I, for myself, find it really hard to write in New York City. I feel like I need structure. I feel I need prompts. If you have any cute prompts, that helps. And I can get out of my element. So I'm always moving. I'm always productive. Um, so I take advantage of those spaces that allow me to just think and contemplate and just no errors, and I'll also say this before I continue, you know, I grew up in a Mizrahi Jewish household. My mother is of Yemeni descent, you know, we spoke Hebrew, we spoke Arabic, you know, it was very hard um, as someone who was very slow. Um, I had a speech impediment problem and I had a very hard time um, processing my ideas and putting it down and breaking it down for sentences. So when it came to writing especially, um, I was told I don't have a voice. I was told that I don't make sense. I, there was a lot of things that I've internalized that it made me feel that I could never go into this craft called writing. And I got to a point where I said to myself, um, I have to write for me. And I have to take this elitist white idea in my head that in order to be a good writer, I had to write and speak and talk and walk this way. Because I'm queer as fuck, I don't follow those rules. You know, I'm Arab, I'm queer, Mizrahi, like I have my own rules. And the more I wrote for myself and said to myself, fuck the grammar, fuck the punctuation, fuck all these rules, I just had people who came up to me, even when I didn't believe myself at first, saying, you know your work is so authentic. And because it was coming from here. You know, not only for the essays that I had to apply for scholarships here and there, but <laughs> even for myself. So I really want to encourage everyone, when you're in your writer's block, just be like, I'm just putting it down for myself and nobody else. And that's all that matters. No one's judging you. It's you, yourself, and your paper, and your pen, 
and just go. So, I strut the forest, the trees widen, but the sunlight still pierces a beginner's trail. I turn to the light, seeing happy children calling my name as my flowy dress violated by the swarms of leaves, the terrain engulfs. By the snap, I'm caged in a field with wolves, hawks, snakes, eyeing my every move. With no light, torch, or warm heart, I remain frozen, petrified with uncertainty, in a trance of death where innocent and youth was never helpful for the path my feet set assail. So that piece was around coming into a world that is very homogeneous, a world and cultures and environments that told you, you need to be like this, you need to get that job, you need to be with that person, and already knowing at a young age you're different, it's often terrifying to think, I have to choose a path that is different from everyone else. So I'm writing to myself for all the scary times that I've had to hold of going into the unknown in order to find myself. But in the end, it's always worth it. Here's Bashar Machai. I really, I loved hearing him sing. And he has a song called Chat Chat Ale. And originally, I thought it was a, a song about love, but it's really not. Um, it's about, uh, historically in Iraq, the Ottomans taking over the Ottoman Empire, taking over Iraq, and the British sweeping in to try to liberate the Iraqis, but really colonizers, and sort of like this desire for self-rule, self-control. Mm -hmm. self so I sing it a little faster, because uh, if you listen to Hamid Matfai, it's all the guitar, and half the song is him <laughs> playing the guitar, which is beautiful. But uh, I'm not doing that right now. So, prayer for me. Chal chal alayya al-rumman Al-numi faz alayh Hada al-hilu marida Wadduni al-ahli Chal chal alayya al-rumman Al-numi faz alayh Hada al-hilu ma'arida Wadduni al-ahli Jamdhu ba'd al-malhuf Waga'd bil-dharba all right, next you're going to hear from Sophia, aka Flowerpunk. Sophia and Jeje shared with us a beautiful op tradition to observe Rosh Hashanah, which started the evening of the salon. I really appreciated this. So we're um, about to bless the challah, the apples and the honey for Rosh Hashanah. This is your girl Mix Enigma again here in Bushwick. So we're living it up, our Jewishness, for a few seconds. No contract, no circumcision involved. Um, so we're talking briefly about 
you know, tradition and how we could take what we can from it without being overwhelmed by traditions that have excluded us. And I looked online, dear to our friend Google, um, on why specifically Apple. You know, the apple was supposed to represent a scent and a reminder of the Garden of Eden where, you know, the legend once said where Adam and Eve were discarded for eating an apple that they were not supposed to. So the way I take it, interpret it as that to remind us of sweetness and divinity and how we're all pure and whole, even with our flaws, and to bring happiness into our lives and goodness in our lives. And, you know, I really appreciate the work that Jayfredge, for example, does, Jews for Racial and Economic Justice, you know, bringing Jews and Muslims and Christians and allies and religious and non-religious people together off of culture, you know. You they're could, based in New York? They're based okay. in Brooklyn. They work to empower communities of color. What? I don't feel like they're not really based in Brooklyn. They're just like New York in general. They have campaigns no, they like have, in Queens. Yeah, stuff, they're, right? they're in New York City. They have an office in Manhattan, but they do a lot of work mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Okay. And I just appreciate that sometimes you could take something that we could all have a relationship with without throwing anyone away. You know, that's what spirituality should be, a place of fulfillment, without degrading and shaming and excluding and making room for questioning and for all types of people to believe, think, and feel and to leave at any moment that they choose. Um, and can you tell the listeners what's on the table right now? And I'm So I'm cutting up the apples for apples and honey. I'm cutting them up really small because there's a lot of people. <laughs> and so apples and honey is supposed to be for a sweet and happy new year. I don't know, honey is a very... Uh, ubiquitous food and it's very very like good for you it's like very good for your health it's good for your immune system it like you know so it's like it could be red we're carrying any type of apple right um the apple too is very healthy and what i know it grows from the ground it's like around this time of year apples are fruiting so it's kind of like taking, not taking, but like using the energy from the honey and the apples that like came from the earth yeah, just like like getting that life from the bees that produced this honey and the flowers that had the nectar that created it and the trees that gave us these apples. Hopefully, you know, on the topic of the fact that the world is fucking dying. Um, <laughs> no big deal. Helping us to carry that life energy with us so that we don't lose it and forget it. So that we can stay connected to it and, and actually, you know help save the planet or whatever you know what i mean like not to be dramatic but like it's about that time from my ancestors to all of us in this space now basically um wishing all of you have like a sweet new year a healthy new year you do what you 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 cut away the things that don't make sense for you you forgive yourself for harm you might have caused yourself you you know try to seek atonement for things that you may have done to others all of those lovely things and move into the new year with with patterns that serve you and that serve the people around you and with more of an alignment with what your path is supposed to be does that make sense okay so if everyone wants to like just grab a piece of apple there's more honey if you know people want to pass around honey but just grab it and hold it while i while I say some words. Yeah, pass it around, pass it around. And there's honey here. 
אלוהים, אבותינו, שטח חדש, עלינו שנה טובה ומתיקה כדבש. ברוכתי <laughs> 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 And then what was said was, May be your will, or internal our God, that this be a good and sweet year for us. And then you eat. And we so ate. there's another thing we do. We dip the challah and the sugar. Um, maybe I won't rip it all up with my fingers. I maybe think the we'll rabbis just were just around. hungry and they just added uh, <laughs> to the tradition. Listen, food is very, very important. Yes. Mm-hmm. They love carbs. They love carbs. Rip them off. All food is sacred. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for participating in this. Thank you for the challah. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to say what I think the blessing is. Okay. And may you all have a sweet and happy, healthy new year. Um, if you want to, it's just like thank you, thank you God for the bread that you know. <laughs> thank you for participating in this with me. Yes, we will move forward. With oh, yeah. Um. Okay, we're doing the blessing in English as well. Um, Blessed are you, Lord, our God, the King of the universe, um, who brings forth bread from the earth. Here you will hear Hilal, a.k.a. the Lebanese Mafia. You'll hear from Nadia. You'll hear from Hilal's friend, Emily. Hilal, thank you so much for this salon. Um, Thank you to you and Reem. Can you, even though everyone knows who Hilal is. Can you introduce yourself? Um, my name is uh, Hilal Khalil, also known as the Lebanese Mafia. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram because we're supposed to do that. Yeah. I'm terrible at this promotional stuff. Um, Mark Balahadia said he was going to teach me how to do that, but I'm still waiting for that mark. So please, <laughs> um, Mark, Get on it. Mark performed um, tonight uh, and sang, and it was really, really <laughs> lovely. And I'm really honored to have you and... To have everyone really, and to have also Reem um, really curate this uh, wonderful, wonderful start to season one. Season two. Season two, yeah. So the salon started, when was the first salon again? So we did the first um, salon Mahjar in May 5th of 2018. We did it at Videology. right before it closed down um, which okay. was a really really great venue uh, and Reem performed at that first salon mm-hmm. uh, and also Jenna performed and that's where um, tonight I don't know if you um, uh, got the story uh, but it was just magical that Reem and Jenna heard about each other yeah. before and now they and they met they actually had, were performing in the same salon because uh, um, and then Jenna ended up uh, curating another salon so to see both curators come together yeah. and uh, support each other was really lovely um, can you tell everyone like why the salon is important? 
So I wanted the salon. Well, this is kind of a selfish reason. I was would go out to see, go to all these um, concerts, uh, Makam, the Maharajanat performances, and it was all really just dominated by um, cis straight men, Arab men. Um, white men, but uh, there wasn't um, representation from other people, so I wanted to create uh, a space that was for queer folks, but also to invite allies and people who don't necessarily have opportunities uh, to perform. Um, even the open mics in the city are very um, patriarchal and oppressive, the comedy scene, so I wanted to create a space where we could incubate and to, for people to show works in progress. Um, a lot of artists have had their start at other salons, uh, uh, which is amazing opportunity. It's a great way to practice being on a mic. It's a great way to practice for me to be on a mic uh, and to also uh, build community. So this didn't get on the podcast, um, but Nadia and I performed. I just want to say, like, this was such a, it felt like a very safe space, um, very affirming, encouraging. and Thank you. It's Thank you. A, it's an amazing feeling because you realize, like, once you have it, you realize, wow, I don't always have this. It's not the default. Mm. I really appreciate that you're doing this. Um, oh, thank you. How often are you envisioning this? Well, we have, uh, we have four more left. So um, w the first year we did this, um, mm -hmm. we had from May to, um, I want to say March, uh, we had uh, five salons. Um, I call yeah. it season one. Now we're doing season two. Uh, which is going to be another five salons. Um, the next salon is going to be focused on uh, theater and performance. And um, Nadia, who slid into this salon, who which um, Reem asked Nadia. I was a little surprised that she was on the roster. I was texting um, Reem, and she said, "Yeah, we have three songs, uh, three musicians, and one dance." And I said, "One dance? <laughs> who could that be?" So then I text Nadia, and then like, it turns out that. <laughs> She slid into the into my salon, even though I'm literally talking with her about performing in salon <laughs> seven on December eighth. Like you couldn't wait till <laughs> December. Like I was doing a whole section for you, and then like you had to do like, and then you're like, oh, it's okay. I'm just gonna do improv, so it's not like I prepared. We're currently looking at Nadia, but she doesn't hear us. It's like. I d it's like I, sh I didn't prepare. Yeah. I'm just going to do improv. Nadia, Nadia, Nadia I would never talk on a podcast. No, I Hillel was like, Nadia slid into the salon. <laughs> no, Reem, Reem I, slid into my DMs. I, was, I told him. I just want to say. No, Reem did. I, later on, we, I found out the truth and I apologized. But still. <laughs> You were supposed to be in Salon Seven. Okay, I want to say on public. I want to say on public record that this was not my idea. Reem slid into my DMs. I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> it's true. That's the truth. Yes, it's the truth. It's so the truth. No, I'm still, I'm still the number one fan girl for Nadia. So all you people that showed up tonight were like, "Oh, you're Nadia," and I'm like, "Yes, we are all fans." No, we you love her. We were fans first. Fans first. Hashtag fans, fans first. Um, no, but seriously, the salons were I wanted to, were I was hoping to attract people like Nadia to perform at. So that was an exciting. I like the surprise. I always tell people there'll be surprises. Um, we've had some surprises tonight, and uh, Nadia filled that promise. Yeah, we need to have that, and I'm looking forward to Salon Seven with Nadia, who totally like hooked it up. And then, um, can I just invite Emily? Emily. Hello. 
Emily, um, this is the... How goes um, it? So Emily is, has been around forever. You're on the podcast. Has, um, I hope that's okay. That's okay. Okay. Emily is, had helped me survive law school. Oh, how, do, how was he that? How um, did you survive law school? Oh my God. We used wow. to have a vegan... Pre-salons, pre we had vegan lunch club um, where we would have... We would all cook each different day. Um, and we would get through law school, and that turned into I want to continue having potlucks and food. So now we're here. What was it like journeying through law school with this guy? Uh, well, growing up in Seattle, law school in New York was actually the first time I connected with like other Arab people. So it was oh, wow. like really special to have halal be part of that, um, and especially food. Oh yeah, food is a love language. So. We fed each other well. Exactly. You did not have to tell anyone how to eat fasulia today. No, I didn't. I normally have to give a tutorial on <laughs> fasulia eating, but today I did not. Does oh. Halal make good food? Halal makes amazing food. You if make you, amazing food. Um, your Mahamara like is literally making me cry we, right now. We will have it at the next it. salon. I promise. I hope so. I, I, I am. See a, I see I a tear. I actually oh. see a tear. I know. Thank you, baby. Oh. Yeah. No, it's special. Yeah. You're a special guy. You're special. He is. Thank you. You are. I stand you. <laughs> <laughs> we are fir fans first. Fans first. Hashtag fans first. Again. We were there first. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you all very much for listening to this episode. Um, please contact us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. Please reach out to Ahmed for the Arabic side of the podcast at the queer arabs in arabic at gmail.com we're on facebook twitter and instagram all at the queer arabs and please rate and review us on itunes